We back in the lab, we making some noise, so go turn your decibels up. Yeah. Black skin, white coat, oh no, who was nice as us? Made Jimmerson, really told us no limits, so we about to take this up. Went from mixing in the kitchen to the lab, and now nah, I can make this up. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We shining a light on the people of color to show them how fly it is. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We back in the lab with white coats on our back, trying to show what time it is. Hey. Podcast, a podcast by the Black Science Coalition and Institute, or B-Side. When you hear this noise, that means you just heard the M-Podcast citation. So please head over to b-side.org backslash b-scientistpod to see all of our citations ever. I am geoarchaeologist Jordan Chapman, and as always, we have the dope chemist herself, except Jenna Carpenter is not here today. Today is a travel episode. Last time, you heard Jenna talk about her travels to South America and her research on chocolate. Today, you're going to hear about my travels to Austria, where I took part in the Jackson Media Lab 2022 and my experiences doing that. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's the first week of July, and I'm trying to ignore my emails as I wrap up writing my master's thesis. I'm sure in the next few days, I'm going to get some disappointing news. I'm not going to Austria. I am not a Jackson Wild Media Lab fellow, and I'm always welcome to fly again next year. I've seen the work of some of their previous year's fellows on social media, and they're all amazing, and I can barely work a camera, so why would I be able to get into this? But then I receive an email and it starts off with a congratulations and I am stunned. You see, Jackson Wild is a community of storytellers and filmmakers and scientists. It includes people from National Geographic, the Smithsonian Institutes, PBS Digital Studios, Terra Matter Studios, and a lot more. But they are also committed to training and educating upcoming science storytellers. And this is where the Jackson Wild Media Lab comes in as a collaboration between Jackson Wild, Days Edge Productions, and HHMI Tangle Bake Studios. It's a nine-day workshop that includes learning from some of the best science communicators and also includes attending the Jackson Wild Summit. And the Jackson Wild Summit is a series of workshops and streamings that culminates in the Jackson Wild Media Awards, which is sort of like the Oscars of science initial filmmaking. Usually, Jacksonville is held in Jackson, Wyoming, but this year it was being held in Seabanko National Park, Bergenland, Austria. So not too long after being accepted into Media Lab, I purchased a plane ticket to Vienna. Then after months of waiting and excitement, I almost didn't go. The first sign that something was wrong was the night before my flight when I was trying to check in. I kept running into an error and really wasn't sure what to do. This was only going to be my second time flying internationally. The first time was about eight years ago when I was questioned for an hour and a half in Israel. So immediately my heart begins to race. I reached out to one of the coordinators of Jacksonville, Corey, who told me to call the airline customer service, which I did immediately. Customer service tells me just to go to the airport, which wasn't a really satisfying answer, but also I didn't really know what else to do. So that night I went to sleep trying to push out 
any thoughts of doubt in my head and drove to Dallas the next day. The morning goes pretty smoothly for the most part until I reach the check-in desk when I was told that my passport was going to expire in three months. And at first, this doesn't really make sense to me, but what they say is that your passport is going to expire in December and that you need at least three months to be allowed into Austria. And therefore, I wasn't going to be allowed to board the plane. A number of things rushed through my head. The first being why didn't the airline tell me about this months ago? And then two, why the airline customer service told me to just go to the airport instead of telling me what was happening last night and also why didn't the computer error just say that because that's not what it was saying but then the next thing i do is call back the jacksonville coordinators and let them know what is happening and that conversation went something along the lines of you're not the first person that this has happened to and it's going to be rough but here's what you're going to have to do so in case this happens to anyone this is how you get an expedited U.S. passport. First, call the State Department immediately and pray they have an appointment. I was told there were no appointments anywhere in Dallas for maybe the next two weeks. And for a very brief moment, I was devastated until I thought about Houston. So I asked the State Department, is there any appointment in Houston? And luckily, there was one in Houston at 9 a.m. the next morning. And Houston is about a four-hour drive from Dallas. I called back the Jacksonville coordinators immediately. We'll handle the flight. Just make sure you get to Houston, they say. And after getting off that phone, I make a hotel reservation in Houston. And I make sure it's 15 minutes away from the passport office on foot. Because I will not take any chances and be late for this 9 o'clock appointment. Even though I'm not a morning person in the slightest. As I begin to drive to Houston after wrapping up some other things to make sure the whole process goes smoothly and also taking a brief stop back in Waco to make sure I have all of the documents I need, a new series of thoughts begin to race through my head. ADHD sucks. Why didn't the airline tell me about this months ago? And then the one that I really don't want to think about, which is what am I going to do if I don't get a chance to go? I also think about some of the other things that have happened over the last few months. I finished a master's. I've had to move pretty much twice from UGA to Philly and then to Texas and then start a new PhD program in geoscience at Baylor University. I try to use this to kind of ease my mind on things, but it's not helping. I don't get to the hotel in Houston until later that night. And I have a massive stress migraine, probably one of the worst I've ever had in my entire life. But then I pass out in a bed in a Best Western downtown. I don't wake up until the next morning and I'm trying to stay optimistic, but I'm ready to drop back to Waco at any point. I do make sure to get to the passport place very early and I explain what happens and give them several forms, the flight itinerary, and then an endorsement letter from Jacksonville. And... By pure luck alone, I'm on a flight to Austria later that day. And once again, it's hard to believe I'm even getting a chance to go in the first place. As I'm watching the Bob's Burgers movie, I think about all the people's time that I almost wasted away. 
I arrive in Austria about a day later than was originally planned. One of the other Media Lab coordinators, Paige, who is also a previous Jackson Mile Media Lab fellow, was there to pick me up from the airport. And she gives me a brief on what's been going on and what I can expect once we get there. We had been given a schedule a few weeks ago, but hearing her talk about it really made the intensity of Media Lab sink in. About an hour and a half later, we reach a small town called Ilmitz, which borders Seamrinkle National Park. And right on the outskirts of the town was the information center for the park. And this is where we spent most of the first week of Jackson Media Lab. We walk into a classroom and the Media Lab fellows are just finishing up a lecture. As they do, I greet them, the day's action production team led by Neil and Nate, and introduce myself. In all, I miss the welcoming dinner from the night before and about a half a day of lectures, which in hindsight isn't that much, but at the time it felt massive. And not even that long after I introduced myself, we begin the next activity, which is to film a 30 second short film, then edit and show to the rest of the Media Lab fellows, and each one was going to be critiqued. My team, Shabs, Laura, and Jane, were given the word momentum. We brainstormed some ideas for a few minutes, and then we began filming. And this was my first true experience really doing something like this, because we go outside and we film dozens of scenes and take dozens of shots. Everyone else on the team was pretty experienced at operating cameras. But once again, I am not. And the one shot I did that made it into the film clearly showed it. Or it didn't because the subject was out of focus. But there were plenty of other things to point out. Not just in our film, but in each film. But they also had great things about them. And some were pretty funny. Some were even emotional. And if not for having to critique them, I would have never noticed any of these things. As we wrapped up the last film... All of the Media Lab fellows are given the biggest assignment, and that is that each team will make another film. This time the film is going to be three to five minutes long and be an informative piece on some aspect of the park. This would include footage that we shot on our own and interviews, and we would have four to five days to do this before having to submit a rough cut. And then after the rough cut, all of the films will premiere at the Jackson Wild Summit. Later that night is when I got a chance to actually meet the fellows and kind of get a chance to know them. And they're a pretty diverse group. Some of us are from the States, but others are from the UK or Uruguay or Hong Kong, the Philippines, Germany, India, Mozambique. Some had experience working on film sets before. Some were journalists. Others had created VR films. And the list kind of goes on. And I highly recommend you look up each of the fellows. It's actually crazy the amount of stuff that the fellows do. The next day starts off with more lectures about storyboarding and pitching stories before we meet our subjects. Each of them is a scientist who works somewhere in the park. One group was going to film about the salt lakes. Another group was going to film a story about the aging reef beds of the park. Another group was going to do a story about dung beetles with a super high-tech camera 
our team was going to be filming birds, specifically bird ringing or bird banging as it's called back here in the States. Basically, birds are captured and given a band or GPS tracker. Then if that bird is captured again or by using GPS technology, people can see the migratory patterns of the birds across the region. We were told all of this over lunch with one of the scientists and then we had some time to brainstorm about what we were going to try to do over the next few days. I've never thought that recording videos was an easy thing to do. In fact, the fear of even trying to record videos has kept me from really diving into it for a while now. But what I still wasn't expecting was for it to both meet and then exceed how much it was. Our first full day of recording started around 5 a.m. And again, I'm not a morning person. And even when I'm doing geology or archaeology, whenever a field day starts early, I am trash. And there's just no other way to put it. And this is one thing about being a scientist and a filmmaker that they both have in common. Plus, add together the jet lag from arriving and then being eight hours ahead of what I'm used to plus my allergies, and adjusting to Austria made the first full day of filming very difficult. And plus, I feel stupid for not realizing this earlier, and someone even mentioned this the day before, but birds are hard to film. After spending most of the morning getting footage of the park, we try to drive around and film these Great Lake geese that are supposed to be in the park at the time. However, each time we get to a site where the geese are at, we set up and the geese immediately fly away. And this happens multiple times. As Shabs later put it, we literally went on a wild goose chase. After some more lectures, we tried again later in the afternoon, but the same result. In all, I think we got probably three to four shots of these geese in the wild. With all of this happening, we still needed to interview the scientists from the park the following day. The next day was another early morning, so we could spend as much time as possible interviewing Flora, one of the bird ringers and scientists at the National Park. While I didn't have much experience with camera work or editing, I've done plenty of interviews for this podcast. But even then, this is my first time interviewing someone in person and that person being on camera. And even though I wasn't going to be in the film, I was a bit nervous. Flora, on the other hand, did great and became one of the main focuses of the film. The following day was less stressful. We had gotten most of the footage we needed by this point, and we only needed a few more shots. And the ones we needed only took a few minutes to get. Plus, we didn't really have that much more time to film. At the end of the day, we were going to be moving from the hotel we had been staying at in Ilmitz to Villa Vita, which is maybe 15 to 20 minutes away for the start of the Jackson Wild Summit. This meant most of our edits needed to be completed by the next morning. And as we arrived in Villa Vita, the summit was basically already starting. This is when I felt the most out of my league. Again, while I've done some editing, I was of very little help here. As the rest of the team stressed over things like video stabilization and color grading and other words that I had really just learned about that week. I kind of helped make some story comments and transcribed the interview and looked for music to help really make the film pop out. But I felt myself wishing I knew more about what 
the rest of the team is doing. This was also one of the most stressful nights of Media Lab for everyone. Occasionally, I would see someone from another team enter a room struggling to keep their eyes open. I would see people with glazed over eyes looking at laptops. And I myself passed out around 3 a.m. in a chair. I don't think anyone in Media Lab got that much sleep that night. After that rough night, we all still had to wake up early to present the first rough cut of the films. This was going to happen in front of a room full of producers who were affiliated with some of the biggest names at Jackson Wild. There was a bit of comfort in this because some of them were actually some of our lectures for some of our sessions, but the tension and stress was still high. One by one, teens would disappear to have their films critiqued. I don't really remember having a chance to catch up with anyone before our film was shown to the producers. So that also created a bit of anticipation and anxiety. And then we finally get into the room and I try to not make eye contact with any of the producers. But eventually we get into the room and they see our film. After the film was over, we get a polite round of applause and then the comments start. And all of them were helpful. Move the scene around, maybe consider doing this instead of that. Why did you do that? But the team walked away feeling pretty solid and we all had a final game plan for improving the film. But again, we only had so much time because the actual premiere for the film would be the very next day. But the energy was different and more focused and definitely nowhere as stressful as the previous day. People were even able to get a good amount of sleep. But then the next day, when anxiety started somewhat low, at least for me, it seemed to steadily increase. Later that night, all of our films were going to be shown in one of the biggest auditoriums at Jacksonville and be streamed online. Plus, there was going to be a Q&A session after the film. And that was a stressful thing to think about. After getting to the auditorium and taking a seat, I tried to forget about how many people might have been filling in behind us. And then our films are introduced with some information about the program, and then they start to premiere. This was actually all of our first time seeing each other's films. Like once again, easy to see the creativity, humor, and passion that the Media Lab fellows had. Some of the shots they took were incredible, the sound design was amazing, and the way we all demonstrated complex ideas was just impressive. Our film went last. And I had a chance to stress over that for maybe 20 minutes. Then as our film ended and the applause started, we were caught on stage. And I immediately got a stress headache. I tried to push it away, hoping that the worst of it didn't come until much later, and then walked up onto the stage, passing one of the screens that had us on camera. And I tr just immediately tried to look away from that screen. Then after we get on stage, under the bright lights, I look out into the audience and see recognizable faces, but plenty of other ones that I just don't recognize and try to forget that that's happening. The rest of the team introduces themselves in all completely normal ways. But then I say, I'm Jordan Chapman from Philadelphia, USA, which is true, but I didn't mean it to say it that way. And people chuckle and I'm terrified. Then the questions start and I try to remain as quiet as possible 
because there's no way I can explain the rationale behind certain shots or camera techniques like the rest of the team can. There are a few questions like this that I can barely understand and the rest of the team handles it very smoothly. Then someone asked a question about what birds were our favorite and I immediately jump in because this might be the only question I can actually answer with any amount of confidence. I say the reed wobbler which is a bird that can be found in the park. I get a few chuckles and I hope everything just moves on. Then a few moments later someone asks can we describe our experience of being part of Media Lab? And then this is one I also jumped in for. And I say, this is my first time doing something like this. It was a bit nerve wracking and crazy. I say something about the passport. And then I say that I'm going to try to do more stuff like this. Media Lab was an amazing experience. And it not only has me thinking about the future in terms of what videos I might make, but also other types of content and also what type of career this could be with me trying to do both science and science communication. And it's been interesting to think about that, but it's also interesting to get other perspectives and hear what other people have to say, because again, all of the media lab fellows had somewhat different backgrounds and it was great to get to know all of the media lab fellows. I hope to work with them someday on other stuff in fact, I sat down with one of the Media Lab fellows who also was one of my teammates. This is Leander Shabalala. But he also goes by Shabs. And I sat down with Shabs to talk about what he got out of Jackson about Media Lab and what he's thinking about the future. So I, I'm a South African boy. Uh, I was born in a town called Peter Maritzburg in province of Guazulu Natal. I'm someone who really loves the mountains, uh, exploring, hiking, wildlife, and background from that's kind of like, it's considered weird for like a black dude to be so into that kind of stuff, which is regarded like white sort of uh, activities and like hobbies or whatever. And um, yeah, I went to school there. I uh, went to film school for about three years, but I dropped out of film school. I got myself a camera and started a company like a freelance photography I did wedding photography I did any jobs I could really I was waiting tables at the same time and then like that led to you know wildlife uh, photography like when I realized what I had back home uh, in the mountain region that I'm from and a love for primates like monkeys and baboons and which there's a lot of around where I live so that kind of drove me into the wildlife and conservation space. And then I realized how much there was to that industry. Yeah, man, I'm feeling kind of proud of the project we did together, you know, having just met, like, and what we went through together <laughs> is crazy. Uh, and yeah, but Jackson's been, it's been a ride, I guess, you know, it's, we've learned a lot. And yeah, the premiere was awesome. You know, talking in front of all those people wasn't. It wasn't that great, but, you know, we managed, we did it, we got through it. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling really good. And I think next from here, I think was your second question, is um, to go back home and, and, and apply the knowledge that I've, I've had and hopefully collaborate with people like yourself and a couple other people that I've met here at the summit. It's been really awesome, really inspiring to hear like 
um yeah so i think next is just to go back home get back get back to work and use the skills to to help the people back home and to to try and make as much of a difference as i can shaft is also part of an organization called youth so i asked him a little bit more about what the organization does youth stands for nature environment and wildlife filmmakers it's an organization that was started by this couple nolan pragna who are incredible people really good influence and they they're doing a lot of things for african filmmakers like myself african scientists as well african musicians who are now composing uh, film scores for nature documentaries newf is just about bringing new voices to the wildlife and conservation space i think our whole mandate is that we're tired of um of people coming onto our continent and telling our stories for us and taking those stories away and making huge amounts of money um not that we're against people making money and making a living but it's just you know never incorporating the people the indigenous people and um so new for sort of started to 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 try and you know make inroads to changing that since we've been here we've been you know kind of rubbing elbows and shoulders with like some pretty talented people people who've been doing this for a while this is my first experience like i've been telling you uh, for a while since we got here that this is all new to me and so to me it's already like crazy that we're like talking to some of the people we've been talking to but you have been in this space for a second now so how does that feel for you and like where do you think how does that inspire you to do more stuff basically do you how does that make you feel like you know one day you're going to be the person running that geo or something like that i don't know about the person running that geo but hopefully you know i'd I'd love that uh if they're listening to this podcast you know i'm here (laughs) uh but yeah man i've been to a few uh, of these summit type things i think this is my second or third one one was in vr because of lockdown and the pandemic but yeah, every time I come to to a summit or go to a congress uh and and meet up with all of these people, I always leave feeling super inspired and like motivated because you know sometimes when you when you work alone or work for yourself, it's easy to like fall into the routine and kind of forget like that you have a whole community and it's it's a global community like it's people all over the world so whenever we all come together and meet like this it's always like it gives me that extra energy for a while when i get back home and i'm hoping that this one does the same thing and um yeah i i i do really hope to at least start by being a panelist one day you know i'd love to be sitting up there talking about uh some shots i got or sequence that i shot or um more importantly like and changing something you know changing someone's life changing the plight of a species um through the work that i do like i I, i'd really i'd really be grateful if i I managed to do that shout out to shops shout out to laura and jane and the rest of the jackson media lab fellows congrats to johnny holder for winning for sonora and of course, shout out to Days Edge Productions, uh, Nate, Neil, Corey, and Paige, and the rest of the Jackson Route team in HHMI Tangle Bank Studios for even running this event. Hopefully, I get to see everyone at the next Jackson Route Summit. Jenna and I will be back soon with more episodes. 
But until then, please be scientists, and we'll catch you next time. Be Scientists is a podcast by the Black Science Coalition and Institute, or BSI, a 501c3 nonprofit. Be Scientists is hosted by both Jenna Carpenter, chemist, and BSI's research and development officer, and Jordan Chapman, geoarchaeologist, and BSI's president. Music is produced by Delarallo, and lyrics are by Ed Yana. Special thanks to Michael Mike Caston Marshall and the Plaza Abbey Studios. If you'd like to donate to BSI, visit our official website, bsci.org. That's b Your donation supports the B-Scientists and besides other projects. We couldn't do it without you. So please tune in next time and always be scientists.